So we're in the final stretch of Ephesians. And we are, just to review, we're in the passage that talks about the battle that we're in every single day. But we're seeing also the great resource that we have in Jesus Christ. We have a resource that enables us to be victorious in the battle that we are in. And that's Jesus Christ. And two weeks ago, we had an overview or an introduction to our current text. And today we're going to begin to break it down. So I want to read our passage in Ephesians chapter 6. Let's start at verse 10 and we'll read through verse 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you, have, you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert, with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that, the word, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this passage. Please bless our time now. As we look at it, Father, we would ask for your Holy Spirit to work within each of us. Through my speaking, Father, may they be your words. And Father, to each of us, as we hear, myself included, may you move within us to challenge us and to encourage us and to show us the victory that we have and the strength that we have in Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. So here's where we're heading in the next few weeks. You see, we need to be aware, and I think sometimes we forget, and I think sometimes the church, and I say the church, I mean the church universal, kind of goes through seasons or trends where spiritual warfare is kind of brought out. How many remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, a book called This Present Darkness? Now, this book, if you haven't read it, yeah, it Mixed endorsement, mixed uh, on some of it. It, it. What happened with this is it, it would talk about prayer and spiritual and the battle that we're in. But what happened in the late 80s is, is you started seeing people take it almost as doctrine. It was a good book to encourage prayer. But yet sometimes people take that and they started making it like this is really what's happening. And then it, we got to be careful on those things. We have to go scripture first. So as an encouragement to pray, it was great. But as building of doctrine, it was kind of kind of loose. And here's the other thing. People started seeing like demons behind every bush. I have the demon of discouragement. I have the demon of lust. I have the demon of this and that and the demon of drunkenness. And, and, and here's the thing though. As a Christian, 
Does scripture say that our problems with sin are due to demons? No, they say it's due to the flesh. It's due to us still living in this. That's why Paul said, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. You see, what we have going on us as Christians, we're new in Christ, but we still battle our old ways, our old tendencies. We follow the temptation. We take our eyes off of Jesus. But yet, I'm going to just be really, really honest with you. I don't need a demon to tempt me to sin. Because apart from Christ, and when I take my eyes off of him, I'm a mess. I'm weak. It does not take much to get me in a sinful direction. All right. I feel a little exposed at the moment. <laughs> I'll just be nice that you're, it's you too. Just put it that way. That's our battle is the flesh. Now, do we have an enemy? Yes. Our enemy is this, the world. The system that we're here living in, the world, the flesh, and the devil. The Christian has three enemies. And yes, we're in a battle. So we're going to need to be aware that we're in a battle because I think the other trend is this, that we just don't pay any attention to it. Oh, that's for people who just, you know, cast out demons left and right. And, and there's no balance. But we're in a battle. It's not our main focus. See, here's the thing. For a believer, our main focus is Jesus Christ. We preach Christ. And then when a text comes and says, we teach what it says. And this text is saying, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So we have to handle this. But we need to be aware of the battle. And that's what I want to focus on today. And so Paul begins the passage with what I just read. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. See, here's our reality we are in a battle and we need the Lord's strength. We're in a battle, moment by moment, second by second, and we need the Lord's strength. Look, the text doesn't say this. Be strong in your wit. Be strong in your cleverness. Be strong in your strategies of church growth. Be strong in your programs. Be strong in your experience. Be strong in your wisdom. That is not what the text says. But man, we like to get clever. We like to go to seminars. Five ways to grow your church. 50 ways to double your congregation. These things are out there. Be strong in the Lord. It doesn't say be strong in your creativity, to be strong in your plans. No, we're commanded to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Why is that so difficult for us to grasp? It's because of the flesh. It's because of our enemy. We like to compare. Pastors do this. I'll, you run into another pastor. Hey, how many you got on Sunday? The answer should be we have exactly who God has appointed to be there. And we preach Christ. Acts. And the Lord added 
to their number, day by day, those who are being saved. You see, it's about Christ. And I guess I'm sharing a little bit about leadership and how the temptations that pastors and, and leaders and churches face, but it's the same with us, same with you. In your spiritual growth, in your spiritual battle, don't compare. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. You see, strength for our battle, it's found in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. Don't look, and too often we do, we look for strength apart from Jesus Christ. And if we honestly assess ourselves, we rely on so many things that don't bring strength. It's fake. You see, strength for the battle, strength for our walk in Christ is not found in our abilities. It's not found in our talents and in our resources. As a church, we can have a marvelous facility with every bell and whistle and still be a very, very weak church. The carpet could be clean. The walls could be freshly painted. Play structures for the kids, perfect Sunday school rooms, a gym. Name the wish list. I know, in-ear monitors for the worship team. We could have it all. That's not the sign of strength. Strength of the battle is not based on how many years we've been a Christian. Strength for the battle is not based on how much biblical knowledge you have. Not trying to be controversial. Good theology is proper and it's good. We all agree? Good. But if it's left solely in your head and never moved into the heart for profound worship and thankfulness and godly living, if our theology is not moving step with the Holy Spirit actively empowering our lives, then it's just knowledge, and knowledge alone does not equip us for the battle. Have good theology, but let it energize you and move you in the service of Christ. Have a gentle, humble theology. Make it great. Make it good. Make it proper. but don't let it be alone by itself. Our strength is not found in how many years we've been serving the church, teaching Sunday school, or how many years we've been in ministry. Pray for your pastors. Pray for those who teach. Begin, if you haven't even started already, pray for Pastor John. There is a temptation for gifted communicators to rely solely on their gift of communication and not put the time into God's word. I've seen it happen. I, I hate to say it, but some, oh boy. Maybe one day you'll be visiting the church. I pray by God's grace it wouldn't happen here. But more than once I've sat and thought, wow, he came up with that in the shower this morning. We rely on our own resources and strengths. We can't do that. See, the moment we rely on ourselves is the moment the enemy can and will attack. And all of us have seen what happens when people rely on their own strength and fallen in battle because they were doing it and they were fighting in their own strength. When you fight in your own strength, you're not fighting. 
you're unarmed, you're exposed, and you'll get nailed. So where do we find our strength for the battle? Our text tells us, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. See, our strength is this. We are in Christ. We have Jesus. We are in union with Jesus Christ and his mighty power. We are powerless. He is omnipotent. Remember, we saw this in Ephesians 1. In Ephesians 1, verse 19, verse 18 starts with this. Having the eyes of your heart enlightened... Paul is praying that you may know what is the hope to which he called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. Immeasurable greatness of his power towards us. It goes on to say that this is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. The Greek words for it, if you remember, are dynamous, dynamic, this powerful explosion is what it means. And so we have this resource in Christ that is immeasurable. I don't even, space. Help me, Steve. Do we have any grasp on how big space is yet? Okay, good, I'm right. (laughs) We don't know. We can't measure it. So next time tonight, go outside, look at the stars, see the vastness of the universe, and that is the power of Christ in us. You cannot measure it. You're saying, Ron, you're exaggerating. I'm not. That's what Paul said. Immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Paul says this, You then, my child, be strengthened. Well, how are we strengthened? By lifting weights? Working hard? Trying harder? No. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The power we have is a gift from God. It is given by grace. This power we have, if it's by grace we've been saved, then it's by grace we have this power. See, when we're saved, this stuff is not left out. And it doesn't come and go. You have power in Christ, the moment of salvation. Immediately, you have Christ and you have everything in him. Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. A few verses down from there, Paul likens the believer to a soldier who shares in the sufferings of Christ. So yes, we will suffer. We're in battle. Battle brings suffering. I don't know about you, but battle is not my first choice of like hanging out. It's not an easy situation. A soldier is not exactly a job you want during wartime. We're in wartime and we are soldiers and we're strengthened in Christ through his grace. You see, we will suffer. We're in a battle. But when, but we are strong when we look to Jesus to be our strength. And please, it's time we just admit it. We are weak. I am weak. Left to myself and my own resources, I'm nothing. And it would be done. Defeat would come quickly and swiftly. So we say to Jesus, I'm weak. But in Christ, I don't have to stay weak. 
We need to say this. Shout it out if you have to. I find my strength in Jesus Christ. And if you don't know that reality, I'm sad for you because your strength is in Christ. That is a testimony of our salvation. Do you know that? Christ in us does amazing things. It's the power of Christ that enables you, some of you, all of us, I don't know everyone's trials, but some of you have gone through horrible, trying times this past year, these past weeks, these past months that often cripple people, make them ineffective. And I see you and I say, how are you doing? And I say, the power of Christ is so evident in my life. Thank you for your testimony. The world does not understand that. Things that will collapse the world make people go, just give up. In Christ, we handle. I can't even look at some of you. I know what you're going through. I know what some of you have gone through for years. That's why we sing Jesus is better. We have power in Christ to go through horrors that the world says you shouldn't be able to endure. In Christ we endure. And it's part of the battle. I love you and your example to me. And if God is gracious to give us the same trials, Jesus will still be better. And by his grace we'll endure. But we're weak without him, aren't we? In 1 Samuel chapter 30, we see the Amalekites made a raid against the Negev and against Ziklag. The Am- Am- Give me one second. The Amalekites overtook Ziklag and burned it. And they took the women and the children captive. David arrived to the scene and he saw that wives and sons and daughters were taken captive. And included in that were David's wives, two of them. We won't get into the multiple wives thing today. Ask Steve about it. (laughs) But the passage says this, as David approached this city that was burnt and the women and children taken, the passage says that they wept and raised their voices until they were without strength to even weep anymore. I don't know if you've known that type of pain. I don't think I have. I've had moments of sadness, but I don't know if I've wept and raised my voice until I was without strength to even weep. But that's what the scriptures say. And David was in further distress because there was talk among the people of stoning him because they were bitter in their souls, the text says. They were bitter about their sons and their daughters. But then it says this, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And he went to God. And God said, we'll take care of this. You know the end of the story. They were defeated by the power of God. They used an Egyptian slave to help them. Read it this week. It's pretty cool. 
without strength to even weep at the end of their emotional well-being. Admit your weakness, because God uses the weak to show his power. More proof that God uses the weak, Hebrews 11. If you turn there, please. The faith chapter, the writer of Hebrews, is commending a great list of those who we know through the Old Testament. In Hebrews 11, look at verse 32. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. And look at this, what the writer of Hebrews says, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Made strong out of weakness. Did you hear that? We too, it's the same. We are made strong out of weakness. God uses weak people. Here's a list that was here in Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, the children of Israel, the people of Israel, Aaron, Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, Samuel, the prophets, I'm adding some. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Young kids, they were. Elijah, Elisha. These are our heroes of the faith. These are the stories we teach and tell our children. But guess what? They're men and women just like you and me. James says, Elijah, just a man like us, but he prayed. Why? Because he knew where power came from. They're men and women just like us. They are and were weak. Read the Old Testament. <laughs> Karen just said it again. When we read through the Old Testament, we're just like, I need a shower. This is a mess. You read the book of Judges? Like, oh, wickedness, sinfulness. You read the Old Testament, we see the wickedness of the people, and we see the complaining in the wilderness. We see the worship of false gods. We see the immorality. But here's what we see. God Almighty uses a nation that was a mess and a people who were unfaithful and leaders who were wicked and weak. And by his almighty power, he brought us the Messiah through all of that. He brought us Jesus Our God is powerful. We are weak. Stop thinking you're strong. I am really preaching to myself right now, too. We need to stop thinking we're so strong. Find your strength in Jesus Christ. We are in a battle, and Jesus is our strength. You see those Old Testament? God uses people, and he will use us. Rely on him. You see, it's in Christ we stand firm, as our text says in Ephesians. We stand firm against our enemy. 
And Paul's telling us this, remember who we are and remember what is ours in Christ. We have strength in Christ. And this is a reminder that we've already seen. And then in verses 10 through 11, turn back. Paul is showing us that the devil can be resisted as we walk in the Lord's strength. I think you're going to remember this because I said it probably now five or six times. We are in a battle and we need the Lord's strength because we have an enemy. We do have an enemy. We have an enemy and the enemy is the devil. Paul already mentioned the devil in chapter four where he said this, that we're not to give any opportunity to the devil. So who's the devil? Boy, ask the world that. Get the pitchfork, right, in the red suit. The cartoon character. One shoulder devil, one shoulder angel. That's not our enemy. The Greek title is this, Diabolos, which means slanderer. He opposes. He accuses. In Hebrew, it means adversary. Other titles that the enemy has, and if you'd like the scriptures, you can come see me after, but for the sake of time, he's called the devil. Satan is called the head of, of the demons and his minions. He's called the serpent. He's called the ruler of this world, the god of this age, the evil one, and the dragon. And when we look at the various names and descriptions given to our enemy, we see this truth, that the devil is wicked, he is powerful, and he is crafty. He is a deceiver. Look at our text. Paul describes the enemy as evil, and he says we need the armor of God because we are facing an enemy who opposes God. We face an enemy described as the spiritual forces of evil. You see, we live in an evil day. And our enemy, I already said it, he's crafty. He's strategic. He's a planner. Verse 11 tells us to be aware of the devil's schemes. Be aware of his tactics. Satan is devious. He is subtle. He uses our pride and he uses our self-assurance. And he really uses our self-righteousness to bring about great destruction. And Paul already warned us about his tactics. We know what this is. We're tempted to speak falsehood. We're tempted to have uncontrolled anger. We're tempted to steal. We're tempted to speak unwholesome talk. We are tempted to return to our former way of life when we were apart from Christ. Satan makes sin look good. Sometimes he makes sin look like it's righteousness. Let that think sink in. Left to yourself, sometimes people say, I'm doing, the, I'm doing the work of God. You're doing the work of destruction. But boy, are you confident that you're on the right way? It's scary. We can fall into this. So we must immerse ourselves in the word of God. We must immerse ourselves in prayer. We must know who we are in Christ and find our strength in Christ and him alone. And did you see this? Our enemy, he wrestles. It says we wrestle him. 
Hand to hand. This is hand to hand combat. This is not a snowball fight, folks. This is serious. And he's using the language that the culture back then, and it's, we understand it even today, the sport of wrestling. I can't stand wrestling. I don't like people touching me. Oh, I, I mean, seriously, those of you who do it, man, I, I respect you. And you'll take me down really quick. I'm not a fighter. It's like, oh, I don't want to do that. It's going to hurt. I, I tap out now. Tap before it even starts. Tap. I'm done. But wrestling, this is combat. This is strength. Right? When you wrestle, you're seeing who's stronger. Who's taken down. Two-point takedown. I remember that. One, two, three. Pinned. And then you get up. And the loser, man, there's, there's no hiding the shame, I suppose. You lost. It's pretty obvious. There's no photo finish. Like, you were pinned, pal. It's combat. Our enemy's on us. Remember what Jesus told Peter? Satan wants to sift you like wheat. That's active. See, every battle we see, every battle Paul faced, he was beaten, he was stoned, he was imprisoned, he was left for dead, he was shipwrecked, he was slandered. You see, those were physical things. But behind every battle we physically see and face, there is an unseen cosmic spiritual battle that we are engaged in. There is more than what we see in our trials, in our temptations, in our battles. Yes, we see a lot of them, but we do not see what's behind the scenes. And we wrestle with a strong enemy, a crafty enemy, an evil enemy who wants you destroyed in your faith. He wants you ineffective. He wants churches divided. He wants churches ineffective. He wants churches to focus on everything but Jesus Christ. But guess what? We wrestle a defeated enemy. He is defeated. Jesus already won the battle. Jesus Christ is the victor and he is our victory. He is our strength in this battle. And Paul in our passage is not telling us to win the battle, is he? Be strong in the Lord and win the battle. He doesn't say that because the battle's over. The battle is won. He's saying stand in the battle. Stand firm in the battle. James, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Be unmovable in the battle. I had a friend in high school. His name was Robbie. He ended up playing offensive guard or tackle for University of Texas El Paso. And he was a big, big guy. And I used to just try to go at him. Like, you know, wrestle in the pool. It was just such foolishness on my part. Or like when we'd have like touch football games. Like you wanted to be on his team because it wasn't fun. And I would run up against him and I would try to move him. I could not move him. I'd go full steam ahead and he'd just laugh. He'd just, and then he'd just pick me up and throw me. <laughs> he was huge, strong. We are immovable like that when our strength is in Christ. The enemy comes and he's pounding and he's pounding and he's pounding. 
And in Christ, who is our strength, we stand firm because we're commanded, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Satan is a defeated enemy. Paul is telling us not to win, but to stand firm. He's telling us to stand, to be unmovable by the power of Jesus Christ. Satan is defeated, but here's the thing. He's that angry loser who's trying to take as many down with the ship as he can. Next time we'll see, and we'll get into the resources that we have in Christ to stand firm. We'll look at the armor, but I want to give some application for today if you haven't gathered some already. The first is this. We experience the grace and the power of Jesus Christ through prayer and through the word of God. Do not neglect this book. If you think you can be strong in the Lord and in the strength of this might and put this on the shelf, you're fooling yourself. This is everything because it reveals Jesus Christ who is everything. This is how we know who we are. This is how we know what God has done. This is how we remind ourselves of the victory. This is how we remind ourselves of how God was faithful in ages past and he is faithful today because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is where we know our unchanging God is with us. We need this book. This is God's word. Don't lose sight of that. God breathed, inspired, profitable, necessary for teaching, instruction, reproof, correction, and training. This is the manual. Our victory is found in here because our victory is in Christ. And from page one to page whatever, this is a book about Jesus and his victory. Second, remember we live in an evil day. Verse 13 mentions this, and I think when they say evil day, I think it's twofold. First, we live in a present evil age. Mentioned in chapter 5, verse 16, it says the days are evil. And we know this, we see this. But I also think this. Secondly, I, I really firmly believe that as followers of Christ, we are going to have times where we go through periods or moments of great spiritual struggle, of great battle, of great temptation. Remember in Christ's temptation, it says the devil came and tempted, and then it says the devil left. In Christ's ministry, there was a period where he was being tempted in a way that was different than other temptations. By the way, that's not the only temptation Christ ever faced. Hebrews tells us, tempted in every way, yet without sin. But there are times when the enemy comes with great force. If you've been walking with Christ long, you know this is true. Be strong. Find your strength in Christ. When we have seasons of great discouragement, of spiritual depression, that is the time to stand firm in Christ. And again, run here. Elijah takes on the prophets of Baal and goes into a huge depression and goes to a cave and sleeps. We're not alone in our battles. Christ gives us examples. And the examples are full of mercy and grace and strength. Stand firm in prayer. Run to the word of God. 
Remind yourself of the power of Jesus that lives within you. Third, pray for one another. Be aware that we're in a battle together. You know, earlier when Paul says this, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven you. That's just one verse I think of. You just don't know what your neighbor is going through. Kindness and gentleness goes a long way to bring spiritual encouragement to a brother or sister. When someone opens up, kindness and gentleness is the rule. Remember, it was God's kindness that leads us to repentance. You have a friend struggling in sin? Kindness and gentleness? Not condemnation? If they're coming to you with a sin, they already know it's sinful. You don't need to remind them. Now, are there times that we need to confront sin? Yes. Scripture gives examples of how that's to be done. Oh, by the way, it's with kindness and gentleness. Christians love to beat each other over the head. Be an encourager in the battle. Strengthen one another. Encourage one another. Can you imagine going through this life without your brothers and sisters in Christ? If you're saying, well, it sounds kind of nice. I'll admit, I think I've had moments like that. Sometimes we feel beaten up. No, let the body minister to each other because we're in a battle. You care for one another in battle. You're part of healing, not destruction. Fight the right enemy. Don't allow the enemy to divide the army through slander, gossip, complaining, and other divisive deeds. And fourth, I like this one. Let's praise and worship God for the victory that is ours in Jesus Christ. Let's brag about our victor. Let's shout to the Lord because he is our victory. He is our strength. He won. And I don't know about you, but Lord, come quickly. I'm ready. Jesus is coming again. He's coming in victory and he will reign and rule forever and ever. I like that. And that's our hope, isn't it? The blessed hope of the church. Jesus is coming again. So let's worship him. Let's pray. Father, this passage is so rich. Oh, Lord, give me strength in the days and weeks to come to handle it properly. But Father, may we be encouraged that our strength and our hope, our victory is in you. Father, you've called us to stand firm and you've given us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. Father, you have blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Lord, there is nothing we are lacking because we have you. And so, Father, may we live lives, victorious lives, centered on Christ. Oh, Father, help our eyes to be fixed on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Lord, thank you for this passage. Thank you for the victory we have. Lord, we know we are in a battle. 
May we not be prideful. May we not be lazy. May we not be arrogant. May we not rely on our own strength. But Father, may we see our desperate need for you every moment, every minute as we live our lives. Father, give us your eyes to see, see what you have called us to do. Father, may we be ministers of mercy and of grace, of kindness and gentleness. May we bring to those who so desperately need it the, the message of repentance, the message of salvation that has come through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Lord, we thank you for this morning. Be with us now as we close our time. It's in Jesus' great name we pray. Amen. Amen.